Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. If you listened in on the last episode, we were talking with Kevin Martin, but we didn't quite have the opportunity to talk about everything that we that we wanted to cover. So I thought I'd have Kevin back. We talked to him for a few minutes, and then we have a surprise. We've got some students here with us that are going to talk uh, with us and it, it, it just give us some insight on the mission trip that they were just on. So we're looking forward to that. But again, we're back here with Kevin, and uh, you know we talked with Kevin. We talked about his life, and he was very open with us and appreciate it very much. Uh, and uh, also just the clarity, Kevin, that you you gave us and just bringing us back to Christ and talking about your life and so clearly seeing how Jesus has worked in your life. And, and I appreciate your openness with that. So anyway, welcome back. Thank you, Kelly. I um, We talked about this just briefly at the beginning of the interview, but then we didn't go back to it. Could you give us again your title? I am the field rep for the school and assistant camp director. Okay, yeah. And then we laughed about that, how you have nothing to do. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah nothing to do <laughs> all year long. It's the greatest job ever. So uh, with, let's talk about camp first. Now, as assistant director, do you do everything that the director does or do you have specific jobs? So a few of the main roles I played camp, I guess before camp even starts, is helping Connor out with scheduling and making sure that's all done and then choosing who goes to what activity. Then after that, I'll help out with some of the activities such as tower, uh, archery, riflery, and then I'll help out with teaching as well. So I usually do three, four weeks of, of teaching. During okay, camp. good. And I hear we have a really good enrollment for this summer. It is, I think it's twice as much as we usually have enrolled at, at this moment. Wow, that's incredible. That's really neat. So, and to find that there's so many people that are wanting to, to, do, to do that, you know, with, with the COVID virus going around and, and, and all the scare with that, still there are people that want to be here. And so that's exciting. We look forward to this summer. Um, now, w- with regards to the field rep, that's a new position, fairly new position for His Hill. Uh, you're the first person to actually hold it, I think, for probably maybe 30 years. Uh, so what's what's that been like? What are some of the things that you do with that? Some of the things that I do with that, uh, I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I tell the students at the beginning of the year that really this means that sometimes they'll see me and sometimes they won't. Because a lot of what I do is outside of his hill. Mm-hmm. I'll be speaking at chapels, Sunday schools, youth groups, uh, adults, small groups, uh, you name it, I'll, I'll be there. And my main role as the field rep is to simply preach Christ, mm. to go and, and share about Jesus and, and the life that we have in him. Uh, the, a secondary role, I think, for me would be to share about the ministry that he's doing here at his hill. Good. Okay. And so that does involve traveling, right? It does. Right now, it's mostly local because yeah. of coronavirus, but uh, some in the past, I've traveled throughout Texas, throughout the States, and occasionally up into that cold, icy part of, of North America, <laughs> uh, Canada. So Yeah, okay. So you go to schools, you go to conferences, and and represent the Hill. Uh, you preach Christ. And so you're really open. You're available to really anything. If, if, if any of the alumni want to get in touch with you, you're available to come and to take part in leading Bible studies, speaking, you know, whatever whatever it is they would have you plug into, right? Yes, sir. Yes, yes good. To- totally open. And how would they get in touch with you? They could call me. They could text me. They could email me at kevin at hishill.org. Uh, call the office. Okay. And let me know that uh, there's an opportunity. 
Okay. And we can go from, the, from and, there. And the office number is 830-995-3388. Yes. That's good. It's the first time I've said that in seven years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, now, you do a little bit of teaching as well here on staff. You teach the second years. Is that correct? Yes. I have a few apologetics classes okay. with them. And how long have you been doing that? Just the last two years, I think. Okay. Good. Well, I'm glad to see you doing that. Okay, well, that's uh, that's what we wanted to make sure we covered for you. We wanted you to understand that what Kevin does here, what his position is on staff, and also to know that he's available if anybody's interested in having him come to lead Bible studies, to uh, to speak at retreats, um, to just just anything. Just just contact him, and he's he's available to to go. And uh, you guys could maybe work out the schedule and see how that, that goes. All right. So we have some students here with us. We're all in um, for alumni. Just so you know where we are, we're all down in the log cabin. And some of you know that that's where my family and I lived for 17 years. Right now it's vacant and it's the quietest place on the hill uh, to go right now that's not hot. It's starting to warm up here. So anyway, we're in the living room here, and we are all crowded around this small table. There's six girls here, and there's three on... There's only two mics for them, so there's three on each mic. So we're going to... We're just going to see how this goes. I think it'll be it'll be all right. But I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what. Let's have you ladies introduce yourselves. So let's just go around the table. Tell Just give your name and tell us where you're from. I'm Nikki Yoder, and I'm from Ohio. I'm Mackenzie McDonald, and I'm from Oregon. I'm Jess Connors, and I'm from Minnesota. I'm Savannah Overstreet, and I'm from Washington State. I'm Cassidy Dahl, and I'm from BC. I'm Ava Taves, and I'm also from BC. Okay, so all three are all six of the girls are first years, right? There's not one second year here. And so they all went on a mission trip with Kevin, this last spring, just got back, what was it, two weeks ago, three weeks ago now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that? Three weeks. Three weeks ago, yeah. Okay. Okay, um, let's uh, let's just talk about that a little bit. Tell us what it was like. Tell us what the Lord did in your heart with it. And uh, Kevin, why don't you start by just, you know, talking about just the trip itself, how, how you guys got out there. Yeah, it's actually a really crazy story of, of how we ended up in Albania. It was, I think, began... Three years ago, we shared a booth at a conference called Urbana in St. Louis with one of the reps from Albania. Her name's Linda, and she came there and just shared a table with me to speak about torchbearers and and their school and our school. And she kind of told me a little bit about the center over there. And after she told me what they do and the ministries that they're a part of, I thought, wow, that would be a great opportunity for our students to do and, and maybe even take some high school students over there. But I, I just love the idea of taking a group, getting out of our comfort zone, and, and going to Albania. That was about three years ago. And year after year, I kept asking the Lord, is, is this the year that we're going to go? And he never opened up the door, never kind of gave confirmed that we should go. And then this past year, when nobody's traveling, <laughs> I mean, travels down so much, is, is the year that he chose to send a group of, of seven people over to Albania. And it came about really just by, I believe it was Charlie, was talking to the director over there, Mark Stosher, about our mission trip opportunities and how much they cost. And Mark said, well, for, for those prices, you could come to Albania. 
You can come all the way over here, work at a torchbearer center, and uh, participate in the ministries that, that we're already a part of over here. And Charlie said, okay, let's let's do it. And then he graciously allowed me to head up the, the trip. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was amazing, too, that of all years to be able to take a trip like that, it would have been this year. You know, the, only the Lord can do something like that. And that's that was really fun to see. So, girls, did you have a good time? Yes, yes we did. <laughs> okay. Well, one of you just, whoever wants to talk first, go ahead and tell us, you know, what, what was it like? What stuck, what's, what stood out for you in the whole trip? Um, I think something that we came back to every night when we would come together and just chat about our highs and our lows and, um, yeah, what was good was we were just always blown away by, um, how the people loved each other and how it was just loving from a place of overflow and, um, yeah, like it was just, it's, we always love people out of like convenience because they're right next to us. It's the people we're doing life with and it's almost easy to love them. Um, but you can't do that in Albania. You can't, you can't do that there. You have to go out of your way to love people. And, um, yeah, it's just, they would run out if they weren't loving, um, loving others from a place of overflow from Jesus. So that was just really cool. I think something that stuck out to us every day was we got to see that, um, just how they loved each other was really, really incredible. Okay. Thanks. Anybody else? I mean, yeah, I, I totally, I like to think of the term like they ran on Jesus, like fueled by Jesus. It was just so cool to see how each in their own individual way, like whether it was Ruthie at her house just full of kids and like what like hospitality she had and the ability to just do all that. And then um, Mark and his ability to like, it seemed like he was at like five places at once, but he just really was fueled by Jesus and therefore was able to, I guess, be at all five places at once. But it was just very, very cool to see that. Mm. Yeah. That reminds me of a passage in Colossians. It said, you know, Paul says that I strive, I labor according to his power, which mightily works within me. And it's neat to see that, you know, to, to see that fleshed out in, in, in people's lives. So thanks. And and as, as far as talking about love and the sacrifice of it, you know, I think how that rings true of Scripture as well, that throughout Scripture, love is always described sacrificially, not conveniently. So, you know, anything that's convenient, that's that's not love. You know, not according to what the Bible has says that we're designed for. So great, great thing to be able to see fleshed out. Anybody else, something that, that stuck out that was impactful for you? Yeah, I would kind of say um, the same thing. I think just honestly, um, the Albanian culture in general is just so selfless and servant-hearted. And um, I just think like... You just so easily forget, especially when you when you go and serve, how you are impacted. You go there to impact people, but you actually leave being so much more impacted yourself. And it's just so encouraging and convicting to go there um, and to serve people with so little, and they give you so much. And that's just something that um, I was so thankful for being there. And it, it creates in me a desire to be more selfless. And even before the trip, I was like, Lord, teach me how to be selfless. And, and I just love that those people that are demonstrating so um just so evidently what um selfless love looks like even the kids there they're they're in there helping us carry wood these 12 year old boys and it's it's just incredible mm. uh, appreciate that you know and again it's these these are great 
lessons and observations. You know, again, I think like in Hebrews, you know, with, as you were talking there, you know, in Hebrews 13, we see that, you know, that life of rest, the life of Christ is a life that it's all about others. It's it's fleshed out in living about others. And and uh, and I I'm, I'm excited hearing these things. This is this is neat. You know that that to to hear that you know the Lord's working in your heart and, and you're seeing the truth of Christ, on, on, you know on what so many people can think of being just like a pleasure trip, a vacation. Mm-hmm. And of course it was fun. I'm sure it was fun. You know, Absolutely. but yeah. but but there was uh, but, but it goes it just goes so much deeper. Mm-hmm. You know when you, 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 for the trips like this where the Lord wants to work in our heart and show us things. Does does it make you think that maybe sometimes you um, Maybe you miss out on things that the Lord wants to teach you in just day-to-day life when you do something like this. Yeah. Okay. They're all nodding their heads. So they 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 did a they did a video interview a few days ago. So now they're <laughs> they're thinking the camera's still here. But just so you know, they all nodded their heads. Anybody have anything to say about that? Not really. It's okay. Don't have to. They were, they were, before we got started, they were wondering now, every time they mess up, are we going to stop and go back? And I said, no, this is just a conversation. We're just going to talk. Okay. Just a normal conversation. Kevin, you look like you want to say something. I thought I might just go back to that first question about maybe what impacted you on the trip and and kind of how you saw Jesus. And, and for me, the whole time we were there, scripture was just speaking to, to rejoice, Mm. to give thanks uh, in and, and for all things. And I think that's one thing that I really saw through the people there was that they were thankful mm. and they had suffered a lot. Uh, there mm. was a lady there who grew up with an alcoholic father, a mother who was a drug dealer, and she was thankful for her parents. She was thankful for her childhood. And, and I heard that story and I thought, how can you be thankful for that? And she said, simply because of who Christ is to her mm. today. And it just blew me away and, and really convicted me about all the situations that I can find myself in and be so cold-hearted because of what, whatever it is going on in my life. Maybe it's something that I don't want to do or give up my time for, and yet here this lady was so thankful for what the Lord had done in her life and used in her life to bring her to himself mm. uh, with, with parents like that. And so, yeah, it just boils down to really just rejoicing and, and giving thanks in all things because... Jesus is sufficient in and in, in for all things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Paul, I think sometimes we lose perspective or sight of this. When Paul said, for me to live as Christ, to die as gain, he said that as a prisoner. And, and so often we think of, you know, Paul, you know, we think of Paul as a successful minister, you know, maybe preaching to, you know, lots of people and, but but you know that statement you know he he as a as a prisoner he he's telling us really I don't need anything else I I have Jesus, and I think it's you know that's that's we know we're supposed to say that you know and it's it might be easy to say the words sometimes, but to to, to really come to that in our heart, I think is the um it, it, it is 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 the what that's where the battle is you know that that's where the struggle is am I really content with Jesus. Did any of you ladies have to, you know, did that thought come through your mind? Am I really, am I really happy or am I really at, at peace? Am, am I really joyful in Christ as you watched what was going on around you? I think being there, it just kind of talking about what you said, I think it also kind of ties in to what has eternal value. And I think we often, we often find joy in things that 
don't have eternal value and we're like, oh, wow, I feel so happy right now. But then when you get there, you realize that that Jesus is who gives us true joy. And I think just being there and serving alongside those people and my team here, like, I don't know, it's just such a good reminder that we can be joyful because Jesus is in us. And those people there display that so, so, so well. Mm, thank you. What kind of work did you do there? What were some of the activities? Um, well, when the first few days, which this is actually such a God thing, I think, because um, the first, the weekend that we were there, so the first two days, I guess, um, were spent at a church, and that was a last-minute decision. Um, we didn't really know what we were doing until uh, we really got there. Um, and then, yeah, I think it was literally in the airport as we were about to take off to come. Kevin says, okay, so the first like weekend we're going to spend in a church and we're like okay so not the torchbearer school um but that that i think ended up being one of the biggest blessings because um we got to meet really incredible couples um the pastor of the church he was from albania um and he had worked previously at the school in uh Yurseka, but um his wife was from uh, america and then another one of the couples um he was from california and she was albanian and it was just so cool to see just um, yeah, just like the mixed couples and to see how they um, have come to to this place and and was so happy with where the Lord had had them and where the Lord had them. And yeah, so the first um, couple days was spent there and we jumped into their kids programs and their youth programs and um, just got to love on the kids and just laugh at them and be silly. And um, it was fun to see the kids that, that knew English and the kids that didn't and just seeing how really at the end of the day, there wasn't any difference. Mm-hmm. Like we just got to play with them and we got to draw and we got to run around and play soccer or football. Um, and yeah, that was, I think really, really cool. So that's what we did the first, um, couple days. And then we went to, uh, the school. Yeah. And then at the school, they let us go on some of their like current outreaches that they had there. And, um, one of them, my favorite was, um, the, soccer program that they have called Iron Sharp. And a couple of us got to go um, participate in one of their practices and help with the kids. And like, that was just such a joy to play soccer with them, even though um, I'm not really good at soccer. But <laughs> but it was just fun to, to play and that the love of Jesus could be shared through just soccer. And um Yeah, I think they even had a story about someone, I think, Nikki, you mentioned, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, there were two um, boys that we had met there that had actually been saved through the Iron Sharp program, which was so cool to be able to see them coming back and practicing and knowing that through the coaches and through the people and the students there that helped, knowing that they were able to share the gospel with them was so cool to be able to see that program actually working and, yeah, just showing Christ through the program. Great. Uh, so now this was this wasn't just at the church. This was the church and then at the school. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the yeah. church was in a city a couple hours away, and then we drove to the Torchbearer Center, and that's where we did more of like outreach work instead of just. Yeah, we weren't at the okay. church. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, good. 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 And I've been looking at one side of the table with all of that. How about this side of the table? Uh, what, what was the, uh, the work like or the activity, the ministry? 
Yeah, so once we got to the school, um, we the first day we ended up splitting into two groups, um, and they have a children's home there, which I think a lot of us expected it to be different than it was, um, but it's actually run straight out of the torchbearer um, director. It's run out of his home, and him and his wife, um, they have a couple people that help, but it's really just right out of their home, and um they have kind of varying levels of custody of all the kids. So some kids just come and stay for a couple of nights. Some kids are there um, permanently. Um, but what they try to do is go out into the community and, um, and help in the families where they know that there are things going on, help to just make the, the family situation better. Um, and so we split up into two groups the first day, and a couple of us went um, to the house of this 12-year-old little girl. Um, and her dad had died a couple months ago, and her mom just had some health issues. Um, and her older brother was working a couple hours away to support their family. Um, and their house was just not a good situation to live in. Um, and so we got to help clear out a bedroom um, for the girl and... Um, did some nitty gritty, cleaned the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> some of us worked on the kitchen um, a couple of days later. Um, and then a couple of the other girls went um, and they helped a family who had actually just moved. God had provided a new home um, for these boys and their mom. Um, they had been living just in a shack, basically, just a house that was just falling apart. Um, and the center had been able to provide them with a new place to live. Um, but in Albania, a lot of their heat is wood, um, wood stove. And so they had wood to move from the old house to the new house. Um, and so that was another one of the outreaches that we got to be a part of when we were there. Okay, good. Anybody else? Um, I would say one of the highlights for me was um, in this home, like this this orphanage home where they have a bunch of kids. Um, they also do an after school tutoring program. Um, so they help them with their homework. They have a couple of teachers that come in and um, just help them with um, whatever they need to get done. And so we got to just go in and... Um, yeah, we were supposed to be helping them with their homework, but it's a little bit difficult when it's in Albanian. Um, <laughs> so English was English was something we could help with. So um, we did that. Um, and then also it was just, you know, sitting with them and encouraging them and um um, at one point, they wanted me to try and read Albanian, which was an experience. Um, and yeah, just building relationships with these kids and um, just being with them. And yeah, that was just something really, really um, cool to see and to be a part of. Okay, great. Yeah. And I would just say kind of like one of my favorite things in the midst of all of this, I would say my my best and my worst thing from the trip actually like tie together was the language barrier. Like when you're when you're serving and when you're um, in community with these people, it's so hard. Like I had my Google Translate out like 95 percent of the time because I wanted to like try and communicate with them and stuff. But at the same time, like for me, it was just such an incredible reminder. I think like I just really experienced firsthand firsthand um just the unity that we have as believers and at one point we were singing in the church um worship songs and a few of us were singing in English and then everyone else was singing in Albanian and I almost started crying because I was like oh my goodness these two completely different languages just echoing throughout the church and we are singing to the same God um and it just overwhelmed me because I I don't know I just get so so excited when I think about how 
it doesn't matter all of the differences that we have because the one thing we do have in common is the most important thing and mm. that's Jesus. And yeah. so that's just um, a really big thing that I took away from all of that. That's that's something that I've always thought has that I, I've appreciated with the ministry of torchbearers. When Major Thomas was alive, he used to come here every Thanksgiving and preach. And during the week, he, we would always have a communion service, and he would grab different students from different countries to to help serve the communion and then have them pray in their, their own language. And I always appreciated that because it was always just a, a, you know, a visible reminder of how big God is. You know, we, we, we keep him to our culture and our, our understanding and, and it's, it's, you know, we, we do that with so many things, really. You know, we just, we put God in a box and we don't want him out of that box because we can understand him, uh, which, you know, is really a shame because we have such a big God. You know, he is, he is sovereign alone and, and he can hear these, he hears these prayers. He understands these, these prayers. He understands these languages and he knows their hearts, which means he knows our heart and, and he wants to, he wants to deal with us in truth, he wants to deal with us not not with our pretense, not with our masks, but he wants to deal with our heart and bring us to his truth. But he doesn't need English to do that, you know. He doesn't he doesn't need you know whatever our our native language may be. He doesn't need that because he's God. And and so I'm just really enjoying listening to you girls talk about these things to know that this wasn't just just a trip to get to go to the other side, you know, of the world and, and experience a different culture. But it was, it was a trip that you were, your hearts were open and, 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 and Jesus was doing his work in you. And it sounds like through you, you know, and also in others through them to you. So that's, that's really neat. That's awesome. What are some things that maybe happened that you didn't expect to happen? I don't know. I feel like we didn't have a ton of expectations. Um, so we were really open to whatever it snowed. That was, that was unexpected, I think. And that was funny, but we, we just, I think every meeting we kind of talked about being flexible and what that was going to look like in Albania. And, um, just because that is, that's a lot of the culture there too. It's, well, we show up where we decide to kind of do things as we go and that's okay. And, and it was fun to just, it's kind of like see a me, see a need and meet a need and just like waiting for the Lord to show them what they needed to do. And that was, that was kind of a cool thing to just not need to have expectations and just be ready to mm. go where the Lord opened up, I guess. Good. Good. Where Kevin, how about you being the leader of the group where there's some things that you didn't expect, but, you know, it had because I've led enough trips to know that very seldom, never has <laughs> has a trip gone the way I planned it. You know, with with uh, you know with mission trips and and then the second year, you know, camping trips that we did. Uh, does anything like that happen on this trip where you saw the Lord actually knew better than what you thought was going to happen? He knew better than you did on, on how to plan this trip. Oh yeah, the, the whole time, <laughs> from beginning to, to end, and I think just touched on a little bit, just really maybe not having expectations, but not knowing day by day, hour by hour, of what mm. we were going to do. And as a leader, uh, I was stressing out a little bit about that, just kind of not knowing the schedule that we'd have uh, and and the communication 
with with the other center and, and not, yeah, just having a day-to-day thing. Like, okay, Monday we're going to this outreach. Tuesday we're going here and doing this. It was more like, all right, we get here, and, and they tell us, all right, this weekend we're going to this city, and we're going to mm-hmm. go to this church. We'll be here. And really just trusting the Lord with the unknown and and resting in, in Him and knowing that He's sovereign. He's told us to follow Him, whether that means going to Albania and not knowing anything or knowing everything. Mm. And just really trusting him. And so I guess for me, the biggest thing that was unexpected was just how well each day went and how well the trip really went. At the end, I can look back and see, wow, Lord, you did such a good work in, in our hearts and the hearts of the people. And, and that was all him. Mm. It had I can truly say it had nothing to do with me. I just got to be a, a part of, of the trip. Mm. Well, thanks. Um. Is there anything that anybody has been itching to say or, or wants to say that you haven't said about the trip? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I loved learning about um, the culture and the history. So on the first day, we went to a museum. Um, and I think that was just a really good like orientation kind of into the country and kind of what to expect from the people. Um, so one of the crazy things is that Albania was a communist country up until the 80, late 80s, I believe. Um, and so it was completely shut down. Um, it was it was like, I guess he said, modern day North Korea. Um, and so as you're driving through, you can see bunkers on the side of the road all the time because this dictator was so afraid of wow. Americans coming in and, um, yeah, invading. Um And he talked about how many people were praying for Albania during that time. And now coming there now and just seeing the work that God is doing and all the missionaries that he sent there and the way that um, the country is being revived. It's just so, so incredible to see like God redeeming um, a country that was that was broken and shut down and. Yeah, just being able to witness like the results of the prayers of all those people praying in the 90s and the 80s. Like that's just mm. incredible to see mm. how God um, worked through those prayers and um, has revived this country. And um, obviously he's continuing to do his work there. And it's just, um, yeah, that was that was really, really cool. Uh, thanks for sharing that. You know, right now with all that's going on in, in our society with... Um, you know, political things that are going on with the virus that's 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 going on. You know, there's a lot of people uh, that wonder. You know, is this you know is this the end? You know, is, is this going to be it, or is this going to be the collapse of America or the you know of Western society? And you know, it might be. You know, we don't we don't know that. But I but with what you were just saying, I wonder. You know, when the Iron Curtain was up, I wonder how many believers behind the Iron Curtain were thinking the same thing, mm-hmm. and and how they have given testimony to us now of the faithfulness of God in Christ. And you know, when I remember when the uh, yep, here we go. How old I am? I remember when the Iron Curtain <laughs> fell, and uh, I I remember one of the things that was staggering to me is right away the Western Church started sending aid in to work with the churches there. And the message that was coming back to us from the cur- from, from the Christians that were behind what was the Iron Curtain was, please, and this, this happened on several occasions, please stop sending us all the fluff. You know, there was, there, there was, there was a maturity in, in the church there 
that that we that that they weren't seeing from us, and that that was sobering to me. And you know, it it may be getting bad. You know, maybe it maybe not. We don't know. Uh, but I think we got to be careful that we that we not get caught up with you know. Well, this is the way it should be. This is the this is what God has for us, and this shouldn't be undone. We need to let God do what He's going to do. It's fine for us to pray, you know, to to, but not to, not to lose sight that Christ is our life, and not like like you girls were saying before that, you know, He is He is my joy, He is my rest, He is my peace, and if it, only then, you know, only then will a, a good economy really be of any profit to us. Only then will will uh, you, you know. Um, you know, the, the, will politics bring any kind of satisfaction to us? And so, you know, I, I appreciate the observation there, you know, to, and I'm really, you know, thankful that you guys got to, to go to a former communist country and to see, you know, God is alive and well and, and the, the church survived and, and, and is, is doing good. You know, and so, so that's, you know, what a wonderful thing for you to, to be able to see with your own eyes and to be reminded that this is your God. This is the faithfulness of your God. Is there anything else? Yes. Um, I had the, a moment with the missionary um, who was from California and his wife was from Albania. Um, and we were walking, he was walking us to one of the cars just to go get lunch one of the days. And um, I asked him, I was like, oh man, do you, see, do you think you're going to be in Albania forever? And I was not expecting his reply. It kind of shook me a little bit. He pointed to heaven and he said, um, "Nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there forever, but here for a while." Mm-hmm. And I like I don't think he realized that when he said that how much of a takeaway that was gonna be for me. Um, but I I, will, I don't think I'll ever forget that. And I think I it made me realize how often um, we look to the temporary things mm-hmm. and how um, we're not gonna be here forever. Um, we're going to be here for a while, for a little while. Um, but I think that was another thing, like kind of back to the original question. The first question that you asked was, um, what stuck out? And it was just like, I think the people of Albania do a really good job, um, especially the missionaries over there, or just the couples that are running um, the church at the Torchbearer Center. Like, they do a really good job at looking to um, the eternal things. Um, they're not doing ministry be- because they want to do ministry, they're doing ministry because they love Jesus. And Jesus is, is eternal, not even the ministries. Torchbearers is amazing, but it's not eternal. Right. But, but, but Jesus is eternal. And, mm. and the fact that um, they wouldn't forget that, that was something that they lived by. Um, and I think just, I loved his reply, like just so simple of being like, nope, I'll be, I'll be there forever and here for a while. Like, I want to live every day like that. Like, I'm going to be here for a little bit, but, but there forever. And so the things that I do here, um, I'm doing it for the eternal. Mm. I'm doing it for the temporary. So that was a takeaway that I felt like we got to watch lived out and has been convicting me coming home ever since. Well, thank you. That's that's incredible. You know, there was a saying, I don't know if your generation still knows it, but uh, I kind of like getting older. I like that. You know, I can say things I don't care. Anyways, but um, but there were, the, for years growing up, I, I heard people say that that person is so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. And I just adopted that. But then I've come to realize that's baloney. You know, only when we are heavenly minded can we be of any earthly good. Yeah. 
it, it's uh, because then you know we're we're in, we have the right perspective that Christ is my life. This is not about me, and life is much more than just these years that I have right now on earth. But these years need to be invested in that. You know, when we eternal life is, you know, we know that eternal life according to Jesus in John 17, 3, is knowing God and knowing Jesus. And that begins at conversion. That doesn't begin in heaven someday. So eternity begins now. You know, are we, are we living, investing in eternal life? Mm-hmm. And knowing that this is not our permanent home, we're here for a while, and we don't know what, how long that is. You know, but, uh, but we, we are in Christ now in the infant stages, just seeing dimly what we will see clearly someday of a life that will be forever mm-hmm. with the Father and his son, Jesus Christ. I was listening to um, Billy Graham last night, was interviewed by Johnny Carson of all people. And I encourage everybody, go onto YouTube and find this interview. It will blow your mind to think that Johnny Carson would ask the questions that he asked and that Billy Graham would be so bold to talk about these things. And one of the things he talked about was heaven. And, you know, I think people would probably today for sure would sit and watch that and think he's a nut. (laughs) But to, to be just so unconcerned about it and just say, you know, we don't begin to understand what this is, what what it's going to be like. And I I believe it's going to be what God always intended for us to know that we messed up in the garden and, and we don't begin to understand what that's going to be like. And I, you know, how, how, Think about Christmas. How excited do you get the day, two, one, two days before Christmas? And, and everything you're doing is in anticipation, especially when it's children, you know, in anticipation of what's coming. Yeah. That appeals in comparison to, what, to, to what's waiting for us after this time, you know, this little while. And, and how we, we, you know, we just don't, we often just don't live with that excitement, you know, to know that, that God is, and and what you've learned in this trip, that God is faithful, he is sovereign, that Jesus is alive. And so he, we, we know for certainty, you know, that, that he, the faithful one is taking us into that. He's working our hearts, preparing us for it even now. And we can miss out on all of that. And I think that's what I was trying to get at earlier is that so often we miss out on these things. You know, we miss out on on seeing Jesus when we're driving down the road. And we miss out on seeing Jesus when we're going grocery shopping, of all things. I know as a man, I have a hard time seeing Jesus in the grocery store. <laughs> you know, I did, I, when, you know, a couple of you girls are from the, from Abbotsford, and, you know, I went, to, I went to Bible college there. Arlene and I were married, and on Saturdays, you know, I, I was the, the knight in shining armor. I'm going to go do the grocery shopping for you on Saturday morning. Those ladies in in Abbotsford on Saturday mornings they mean business when they are shopping, and I I remember racing this one. I hate to say this, well obviously I don't. I'm saying it, but I I remember one time I raced this old woman down one of the aisles, and then I cut her off. Oh my goodness! Because I could tell she wasn't going to let me get ahead. And I, I get so aggravated. They, they all these ladies would park their carts in the middle of the aisle. And sideways, so you can't get one way or the other. And I would get so frustrated. And and it's just it, my point being is that I struggle with seeing Jesus 
in just the, the normal activities of the day. I miss out on it. And, you know, I went home after that one shopping trip for Arlene. I said, Arlene, I can't do this anymore. It's too much of a test on my sanctification. <laughs> and uh, she laughed. And, and uh, you know, to her, it's no big deal. She's, you know, she's one of the ladies that'll park her cart right in the middle of the aisle. You know, it's just, that's just, I guess that's life for a woman shopping. I don't know. But it's not for a guy. It drives us crazy. But, but anyway, again, my point is, you know, I, I, I really appreciate the reminder that you girls have given me today on this mission trip of seeing Jesus in the, you know, in the daily activities and, and you seeing Jesus in these people as they're going about their daily activities, you know, to, to say for us together, to say with Paul, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So I, I really appreciate that. I don't want to just cut this off now if anybody just wants to say something. So before I do that, is there anything that anybody wants to say? The food in Albania is amazing. Is it? <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. So did you... Bread at every single meal. <laughs> <laughs> did cheese. you... And cheese. Bread and cheese. Sheep cheese. Sheep cheese. Sheep cheese. I'm dairy-free, but I can have sheep cheese. And oh. oh, my word. Oh, wow. That's all I have to say. Well, that was a blessing for you. It was such a blessing. Okay, so did you eat at the center? Is that where the food was... Or well, I think we sorry, ate sorry. literally everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we would walk a little bit, walk for 30 seconds, sit down, eat. For another 30 seconds, sit down, eat. And after a while, we were all just sitting there like, oh my goodness, but we just want to keep eating more. <laughs> Well, that's okay. Well, there, there's a interesting note to end the podcast <laughs> on the mission trip. But no, I, I, I do appreciate it. Thank you, girls, for taking that trip. And thank you for taking this time to, uh, to share it with us. Uh, we do different mission trips each year, depending on what the Lord opens up for us. And so, um, you know, maybe if you're listening to this and, and you're interested in taking part in it, why don't you contact the, uh, the office and see what, what kind of mission trips we're doing and, and see if that it's, some of them may be open to guests to, to attend. Sometimes we do that. So, um, you know, to contact the office, find out what kind of trips we're doing that year and pray about whether or not the Lord would have you go on that trip with us. Are any of you girls staying for a second year? I am. Okay, yeah. good. All right. So maybe you'll get the opportunity to go back. That would be amazing. Okay. All right. Her first reaction was to look at Kevin. Is this going to be an option next year? So, but Kevin doesn't know that because we have to wait to see what the Lord's going to do. Amen. All right. Okay, ladies, thank you so much. I appreciate you being here and uh, just giving us your time and, and sharing with us. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, okay. Don't forget to subscribe to the His Hill podcast on whatever format you're listening to it on and also rank us. In doing these two things, you help spread the word of the ministry. And also, please follow us on Instagram at the His Hill podcast. In doing so, you keep up to date with what's going on with the developing ministry. Bible school's off to a good start, and matter of fact, as I speak, the students are now on their fall mission trip. This year, they've gone to Nacogdoches, where they're helping low-income people with repairs on their homes. So be praying for them as they finish up this week and, uh, and, start, and start heading home for the weekend. I need to bring you up to date on some Thanksgiving conference news. We're full, so there's no more rooms available, and that also means that the, the meals are full. 
but we do still have room if you are local and want to sit in on the sessions. You're more than welcome to do that. Now, if you're not able to make it to the sessions, uh, you can still stream each session live. So make sure to check us out on the website for that. Now, there's something new that we want to do. Uh, some of you maybe remember the Charlie Chats. You know, if you were a student any time in the last 20 years, you probably took part in those where Charlie would put some time aside, just walk into the chapel and whatever students wanted to talk about, they could do so. And so that's what we want to do with our podcast. Uh, we want to dedicate an episode every now and then to something like that. So if you have any questions, you know, if you're curious as to, you know, what's going on with some former staff and uh, would would just like to know, just ask the question, you know, where is such and such? Or what are they up to now? And, and would like to, you know, answer that question. If there's any questions about just what's going on on the property, uh, what's going on locally, maybe even, you know, some, some favorite memories of yours in the area, you know, something that you just kind of want to be brought up to date on, just go ahead and send the question to us. But also, uh, you know, really most importantly, what we'd like to do is just open up a time for you to ask any questions like, uh, you know, just theological questions or any questions of things that you've just been wondering about. If you'd like to ask that, go ahead and send those to me. You can get in touch with me by sending an email to kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, at hishill.org. And like I said, we want to dedicate every now and then an episode to answering those questions. So we'll have Charlie take part in that and, and, and other staff too. Also now, in submitting those questions, if you're not comfortable with us using your name, just let me know that when you, when you submit your question and I'll make sure that we, don't, uh, that we don't use your name. And finally, I wanna thank you again for the emails that you've been sending, the encouragement that you've been sending. Uh, I, you just don't know how much of a blessing that has been. And, and, and really, is an encouragement. Uh, the, the whole staff is uh, appreciative of that when I share with them what you've been uh, sending to me. So now with that, I want you to know that I am trying to respond to each message. So be patient. If you don't get a response right away, I, I, am, uh, I am doing that. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. My name is Kelly Darty. I'm your host reminding you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Mm-hmm.